Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, happy birthday! Today is the 60th birthday of Westport Road Baptist Church, so happy birthday to everybody out there. We're going to have a, uh, a special day planned this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're going to be meeting at Heritage Creek Baptist Church. The address is on the back uh, of your worship folder there when you came in. And uh, it's actually in Crestwood, not in Heritage Creek. This is the Heritage Creek, not in Heritage Creek, okay? So uh, uh, go to the very first exit, the Crestwood exit. It's just a mile off the exit. Very easy to get to about. 12 minutes from here is all that it is. They are celebrating their 225th anniversary. And of course, we are partnered with them over the next year trying to, to help that church revitalize. And uh, we're going to be celebrating their 225th and our 60th anniversary together. Uh, get an opportunity while you're out there uh, to tour their original chapel from 1810 uh, that is still there. And uh, so that'll be today at 3 o'clock. But uh, happy birthday to Harrods Creek. Happy birthday to everyone here. It was October the 7th, 1962 when 95 people came forward on the first Sunday to establish Westport Road Baptist Church. They did it in a house in a potato field. Uh, there was literally nothing uh, in this area. Uh, the school across the street, Zachary Taylor, had just been built, and there wasn't much else going on uh, around here. I wanted to read you uh, just a section uh, of the church's history. This is uh, the... the uh, 25th anniversary of the church and what it said about uh, the very beginning of the church. It says, The story recounted in the succeeding pages is a record of the response of God's people at Westport Road, how he let them intervene in their lives. It was fraught with human frailty and obstacles that would have weakened a lesser clan. They never gave up. They believed that what they were doing was providentially ordained. And here we stand today, a tribute to the dedication and a symbol to the perseverance of the people of God. This church is truly a lighthouse on the corner, a beacon to the world, a testimony to a contemporary age that Christ is alive, his heart beats strong, that love is spoken here. That was written... 35 years ago, and I think the same thing is still true today. The, the motto of Westport Road from the very beginning was love spoken here. Uh, we had it on our sign for a long time. As you, as you see here, a picture of the sign, uh, love spoken here was literally on that sign. Uh, and from the beginning, Westport Road was a church that came about and with one particular purpose, and that was we want to be a church for all people in our community. And so the church has always been really involved in missions. Just wanted to show you some pictures right here. Anybody know who that first lady is there? That's your student pastor, Emily Bryant, is who that is uh, when she was in high school uh, right there. Uh, come on, you all failed that one right there. Anybody know who this is? 
Man, you're all new people, aren't you? Matt Houston, our former associate pastor, Matthew Houston, uh, right there. Uh, we just, uh, some other things going on in our community. Here's another picture. Uh, keep going there. Uh, and just as we roll through, this church has always been active in being a part of this community. What is going on in this community? We even uh, ran the fire station for a day. Uh, which was very helpful to them. I'm very sure uh, that that was there. And uh, then take a look here at this last picture that's coming up. Uh, we had a partnership with uh, Westport Middle School. Uh, we came in, did a lot of painting, a lot of renovations uh, at the school that was there, uh, landscaping and other things. They actually had on their sign for an entire month uh, thanking our church, uh, which is something kind of unique. Uh, for a public school to have on their signs uh, thanking a church for over a month. And so really, uh, this church has been involved all along in reaching out to this community. So this morning, we're going to be over in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be talking about a Christian is someone who is a part of the family of God. Uh, now, last week in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, what we saw is that uh, being a Christian means that Jesus Christ uh, has come into your life and saved you when you did not deserve it. Salvation is not something you do. Salvation is not your work. It is the work of God. And, uh, and Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Uh, through that salvation spirit, he has indwelled us with his Holy Spirit. So none of us can brag or act like we're better than anyone else. We're all saved by God's grace when we don't deserve it. And that brings us to Ephesians chapter 2 and the next thing that we see. And the first is this. Before we were saved, we were defined by what separated us. Before we were saved, we were divide, uh, defined by what separated us. In Paul's day, there was a lot that separated uh, the people uh, from one another. Uh, and we can still see that's true today. But in Paul's day, the number one separator uh, for the people in Israel would have been Jew and Gentile. And uh, basically what that means is that if you were a good Jew, you were a part of the family of God, you were a part of Israel, you were a servant of God, a Gentile was none of those things. You consider them not saved, not a part of Israel, a heathen facing God's punishment. Worse than that, the main Gentiles in that area were Romans who had conquered them, and so they were seen as conquerors and hated even more. Uh, that was there, and so this divide between Jew and Gentile was immense uh, in that day and age uh, to the extent that a good Jew could not even go into the house of a Gentile without being declared unclean for worship. So that's a pretty good divide there. You don't exactly see people that are trying to get together, trying to look at their problems and trying to work things out. There's a pretty strict divide right there between Jew and Gentile. So look down to chapter 2 verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, called uncircumcised by those who themselves were circumcised with the circumcision made by human hands, remember at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Okay, that's a pretty deep divide there between these two groups of people that they had in Paul's day. I think if we look around our country today, all of us would agree this is a country that's pretty deeply divided. In my lifetime, uh, which is now a couple of years, uh, I think this is probably the most division I've ever seen in our country at any time. 
And we are literally divided about any and everything that you could be divided for in our country today. We're divided over our politics. And it's not just that we disagree with the other party. It's that if you're not in the party that we're in, the other side is evil and trying to destroy the country and has to be stopped at all means. Uh, We're coming up, people say, on the most important election in the history of our country. Which, by the way, ever since I've been born, every election has been the most important election in the history of our country. Uh, You know, that's been going on. So politics divides us. We're divided by race, by gender, by sexuality. We're divided by the part of town that we live in and how much money uh, that we have. We're divided by our sports teams. We're divided in any and every way you seem to be able to be divided, but its division seems to be getting worse and worse. The motto of the state of Kentucky is united we stand, but we look around and it seems divided we fall is what we see out in our world today. But there's even a division when it comes to the things of God. We divide into religions and then in our religions we divide into denominations because we can't even get along with people of our same faith. Then in our denominations we don't trust each other and somebody that agrees with us 90% of the time we divide from them because they're not 100% pure. And then we divide our churches by race, and we have white churches and black churches and Korean churches and Hispanic churches and Chinese churches, and we never come together as the family of God. In Virginia, one of the things that divided us was something I didn't even know when I lived in Virginia, small town, First Baptist Church. I saw a guy, I was talking to him, and I invited him to church. We were at the grocery store, and he said, oh, I can't go to your church. And I said, why couldn't you come to the church I pastor and he said oh that's the rich church that's where all the bosses go I'm not I'm not a boss I can't go to the rich church and I said well let me show you my income and I think you'll see that you're okay coming coming to our church there but we seem to be divided in any and every way that we can be divided but Westport Road Baptist Church was founded intentionally in its opening statements to be a church for all people everywhere to come and to fellowship under the love of God, love spoken here. And as we look back through the ages, we see that this church has always been the kind of church that has tried to reach out and bridge divisions. This church was a mission of Linden Baptist Church. And when they started it, there was some subdivisions starting to go in in the Westport Road area, and Linden Baptist Church took a step of faith and bought a house and five acres, which was a potato field at that time. Here's the original Westport Road Baptist Chapel. If you look at that little road there at the end, that is Westport Road uh, that you see right there. There is literally nothing on Westport Road as you look up and down the road. Uh, The next picture that we see here, here is uh, the original house and the potato field. So you look uh, Creekside, which is right behind us, there's nothing there at all. That's just all potato field at this particular time when this church was bought in 1960, a church that was supposed to reach all people everywhere, which must have been two farmers or something. I I don't know at at that particular time. But even at Westport Road, with a church that was trying to be inclusive and be a church for everyone and reach out for everyone, there were divisions that came up in this church as well. And there were divisions that could have torn the church apart. I've got a picture of one that took place right here. 
The Ernst family did not bring hot dogs one meal. And uh, it, it was awful for the student ministry. No hot dogs. Ernst forgot. And so, uh, you know, that could have torn the whole church apart. But the church stayed together despite those young men not having hot dogs that day. And it shows that God has had a plan for this church from the very beginning. Well, we go on in our scripture passage, and the next thing that we see is this. After our salvation, we should be defined by what holds us together, not by what defines us. So before we were defined by what was dividing us, and there were several things we saw in that passage that was dividing us. And I could go around the room right now, and I could divide this church in, in two minutes. I could get everybody in this room mad at one another. I could go around the room and I would say, okay, let's do some division here. Uh, if you're a Republican, raise your hand. If you're a Democrat, raise your hand. And then, then, you know, right there, we'd have half the church mad at one another. I could divide the church by saying, okay, who's a Louisville Cardinal fan and who's a Kentucky Wildcat fan? And all oh, you think Republican and Democrat divided you. Wait till we got to Louisville and Kentucky. That, that would really divide you right there. I could get into all these social issues and all these things and I tell you in two minutes I could have everybody in this church angry at one another but we are not in this room today because we agree about everything we are in this room today because one thing that overrides every other difference in the world brings us together and holds us together look at Ephesians 2 verse 13 Ephesians 2 verse 13 but now in Christ Jesus let's just stop there for a second but now in Christ Jesus so what has he just said look at all these things that tear you apart all of these things that divide us all of these things that make us different and pull us apart but now even though all those divisions are still there, even though all those divisions have not, been, have not been glossed over, they're still real. But now, even in the face of these divisions in Christ Jesus, you, have, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So once we were far away from one another, but something has happened that's brought us near and it's the blood of Christ. That's what we were talking about last week. You're not saved by being good and doing all the right things and knowing all the right things. There's a lot of people who think that's why they're saved. They're very arrogant. They look down on other people. They're better than thou art. And they don't understand we're not in this room because we're better than somebody else. We're in this room because Jesus died for us when we didn't deserve it. And that brings us together. The blood of Christ is the super glue that holds together a divided people that the world could easily tear apart in seconds. But the blood of Christ holds us together. Verse 14 says, he's our peace. He made, us two, he made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The hostility and the division that the world has created was done away with through Christ Jesus, who's brought us together as one. Verse 15, he set aside his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. 
What the world cannot do, the divisions of the world are superseded here through what Jesus Christ did. Verse 16, he made us one body. He reconciled both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He reconciled both of them together through his blood. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. That last verse is really important. You're saved when you don't deserve it by Jesus dying for you. And after you came into your life, he gave you his spirit and his DNA dwells inside of you. It's not just you. Every other person in this room, no matter what you may disagree with them on in the world, they may have different political parties, different sports teams, different areas of town they live in, different race, different genders, different views, but they are in this room today because Jesus Christ has saved them and made them a part of the family of God, and that's the only reason you're in this room too. And so it binds us together stronger than anything in this world was supposed to tear apart. And when we begin to center on the things that are not the most important, that's when we get torn apart. When we begin to center on things that even may be good but aren't the most important, we'll divide in a heartbeat. But when we center on what we share in common, one people that God has saved, that God has brought together, that's when everything begins to change. As we think about our church and uh, uh, the history of our church. I uh, just got a few more pictures here. I want, wanted to show you about how this church has always uh, been a church that, that has uh, uh, seen what was important, a church that was a prayer. Here's, a, here's some other pictures as we kind of go through the history. All the kids gathered down front. Uh, remember the old stage uh, that was there? Uh, look at that pulpit. That would have that shocked some people. And this is my favorite picture of all. The person being baptized is wearing a shirt and tie. I mean, you, you can't be that. I mean, we wear T-shirts today that say "Made New" or something. You know, uh, any who are these girls? Anybody know them? Why should you know? You didn't even know who Emily was. So, uh, all right, let's let's go on. Uh, so are there any other? Uh, Jim McKinley and Debbie, right there. All right, taking the cups out uh, throughout, and uh, then of course we can all agree that there's Jeff Gillespie and how we all loved Jeff. So this church has always been a church. Has been active been out there and been involved. That brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. This new identity makes us a part of the family of God with every other Christian. This new identity in Christ. So our old identity were things that divided us. Our new identity is that Jesus has saved us. We've all come together. It makes us a family together. Look down chapter 2 verse 19. Chapter 2 verse 19. Consequently, that word means because of everything else I just said, because Jesus died for you when you didn't deserve it, because his spirit has entered into you. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. So we used to be people divided from one another. We used to be people that were angry with one another. We used to be people that couldn't get along for five minutes because of the things that separate us. But because of our new relationship with Christ, foreigners and strangers to one another have been brought together as members of God's household, as members of God's family, made us one together. And as we think about that and we look at that, we begin to understand this new relationship is supposed to be what defines us more than anything else.
You know, I hear people say all the time, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the church. Well, the church is the family of God, and you're automatically a part of the church whether you want to be or not. When you accept Christ, you become a part of the family of God. Your only choice in the matter is I need to be a good member or a bad member of the family of God. That's about your only choice that, that you have. You are a member of the family of God when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Are we going to be a family that works together and loves together and looks at the world and says, what can we do to bring a world together? Each of us a part of the family of God. Each of us working together. Look down to verses 20 through 22. He tells how important being the family and working together is. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. It rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. Together, we make up the family of God. Together, we make up this precious, precious family. Seven, 60 years ago, this church was founded in a potato field. And a lot has changed during that time. This is that original house uh, in that potato field that was there. Uh, a few years ago, I challenged this church and I said, look at it, what everybody has given us. Now what are we going to give them? Over the last years, they went from the potato field to the first buildings that were joined. The buildings with the T, that's the oldest building that's over there. That was the original sanctuary. Anybody here ever meet in that original sanctuary? Uh, that's the education building that was built there. That's the very beginning of this sanctuary that you're in right now. Uh, the, the next slide that we have here, that's that sanctuary as it began to be built that we are again in right now. And so we begin to see everything this church has done and all that God has brought to this church. You know, over the last four years, we've done some amazing things at this church. The challenge was, look at what people have given you. What are you going to say you gave to the next generation? Since that time, we, we have bought two houses. We put in the parking lot. We put in the other entrance. We've, we've reinvigorated almost every single area of the church. Our, our uh, student ministry, our high school and middle school, they're, 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 uh, we hope that that new area will be finished here and just uh, by the end of the year. And so we, we are leaving the next generation unbelievable facilities, and that's great. This, this, this generation stepped up and did something amazing. But now, what are we going to do with those unbelievable facilities? How are we going to reach out to a world that is divided more than it has been, maybe in the history of our country? How are we going to reach out to a community that is so diverse and so different and say, we love you. God loves you. Come be a part of us. Come find what it means to be a part of the family of God, reaching out to help people that are less fortunate and hungry and in need. What can we do if we all come together? There's never been a time that this church was more needed than it is right now. But there's never been a time in the 60 years of Westport Road Baptist Church that this church has been in a stronger position to meet that needs. The facilities they, that we have, the talent that is in this room right now, the unbelievable opportunities. We sit on one of the busiest street corners in the entire state of Kentucky. When we have new members and we ask them, how did you find out about the church? The number one answer is always, we drove by and saw it. And then maybe we went online and found out more about it. But the way people find about our church is they drive by and see it. What's, 
What's going on at that street corner at Hirshburn Lane and Westport Road? So we are strategically placed. We have the talent and the people and the facilities. Now, what are we going to do to bridge the gap in a hurting, dividing world and to make a difference? And that's the challenge that we need to have as we look to the future, is that we need to be a church making a difference to a world that so needs the love of God, a world that is torn apart as two people brought together as one through the power of a loving God. And that's the challenge of this church as we move into our 70th decade. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for this church and all that you've done in the life of this church over 60 years. Our prayer, Lord, is that now we would be a part of making sure that what this church is doing makes an impact in the next 60. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.